0: Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvaryst.george's.org. Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were an offering far too small, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. James Wynn Gardner III, on behalf of every single person here this morning, I want to thank you. Thank you for the gift that you give to all of us, because the fact that you have dared to show up for this service bears witness to a real God doing real things in your life. The fact that you've dared to show up this morning is proof positive that we have a God who knows all about dying on a cross and rising to new life. I feel very honored to be a part of this service this morning. I'm honored partly because I'm such a fan of the uh, Cathedral Church of the Advent, and I'm so thankful for the ministry of this outpost of God's kingdom. I'm also here partly to represent all of your sisters and brothers in Christ from Calvary St. George's Church in New York City. It's the church where Jay will begin his ordained ministry this summer. I'm also here in part because it's such a privilege to be Jay's friend. Anyone who does not believe in free will and who is a champion of the 39 articles is okay by me. I'm also here partly because I think Jay has the coolest wife in the entire world. And I want to make sure that Paige knows that apart from Jesus, she is the number one person right here this morning. Well, and the bishop, but... (laughs) (laughs) In the eighteenth century, the great Anglican divine uh, Charles Simeon, was once asked to list the three most important attributes of a clergy person and He said that the first and most important attribute of a clergy person is humility and Then he said that the second most important attribute of a clergy person is humility and He ended by saying that the third most important attribute of a clergy person is humility and that describes Jay Gardner to a T. The power of Jay's ministry to the Lordship of Jesus Christ is undergirded by a kind of genuine humility that is incredibly infectious and speaks volumes about God's love. So thank you Bishop Sloan and Dean Pearson. All of us in New York are so grateful to you for lending Jay and Page to us for a season. And having said all that, let me now make a smooth transition into the world of animal husbandry. In this morning's gospel, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And shepherding is a theme for this ordination. And it's a good one because this morning, uh, the Lord is calling another one of us sinners, another one of us sheep, into the role of shepherd. Now, in the gospel, two special things are said about shepherds. The passage says, Jesus knows his own sheep. He knows them by name. So that that's the first thing. Jesus, the good shepherd, knows the sheep in his flock, and he knows them by name. There is a Roman Catholic priest whose name is Gregory Boyle. And for the past 25 years, Father Boyle has ministered in a neighborhood of Los Angeles that is the gang capital of the world. And Father Boyle goes regularly to prison camps uh, for teenagers. And one day on one of those visits, a gang member with an attitude came up to Father Boyle. And here is how he describes that encounter. The next kid approaching, I can tell, is all swagger and pose. His head bobs side to side to make sure all the eyes are riveted on him. He sits down, we shake hands, but he seems unable to shake the scowl etched across his face. "'What's your name?' I ask him. "'Sniper,' he sneers. "'Okay, look,' I say." I have a feeling you didn't pop out of your mama and she took one look at you and said, Sniper. So come on, dog, what's your name? Gonzalez. He relents a little. Okay, now son, I know the staff here will call you by your last name. I'm not down with that. Tell me, what's your mom call you? Cabron. And for those of you who don't know Spanish, that's a swear word. Son, I'm looking for a birth certificate name here the kid softens. I can tell it's happening, but there is embarrassment and a newfound vulnerability. Napoleon, he manages to squeak out, pronouncing it in Spanish. Wow, I say, that's a fine, noble, historic name, but I'm almost positive that when your mama calls you, she doesn't use the whole nine yards. Come on, son, do you have a nickname? What's your mom call you? Then I watch him go to some far distant place, a location he has not visited in some time. His voice, body, language, and whole being are taking on a new shape right before my eyes. Sometimes, his voice so quiet I lean in, sometimes, when my mom's not mad at me, she calls me Nepito. I watch this kid move transformed from Sniper to Gonzales to Gabrón to Napoleón to Napito. And then Father Boyle concludes, we all just want to be called by the name our mom uses when she's not mad at us. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and I call you by name. Jesus says, I know the name of every single one of my own at the cathedral church of the advent this morning and I am not mad at you so that's the first thing and then Jesus says one more thing the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep There's a story about a shepherd who lived in Spain. He was one of those tough Basque shepherds that lives in the mountains uh, between Spain and France. And late one fall, this shepherd and his flock were caught high up in the mountains in an early winter blizzard. And after the storm was over, a search party was set out to find the shepherd. And the search finally ended in a high mountain pass. But they were too late. The shepherd and his flock were all frozen to death. And the men tried to straighten out the body of the shepherd that was curled in a ball. And as they did, they found a live baby lamb curled in the arms of the shepherd. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. It's this shepherd God who knows Jay's name and who has laid down his life for Jay on the cross, who is calling him to this new ministry this morning. And he's calling him in the exact same way that he called those very first disciples. Just think for a second about that very first ordination. Jesus needs to ordain a few special people to be the ones after the resurrection to carry the message of the gospel to the whole world. He needs to pick some people who have a doctorate in systematic theology, who are good at public speaking, who know all about first century social media, and who have resumes that are full of leadership experience. So who does he pick? Well, he picks a fellow named Peter, whom he nicknames The Rock, and who acts more often like a sandpile. He picks two fellows who are terrorists, so wild that he nicknames them the Sons of Thunder, he picks a dishonest tax collector named Matthew. He picks a sinful woman named Mary Magdalene. The Bible doesn't say how she sins, but let your imagination go. He picks a shy, introverted little Casper Milktoast named Andrew. He p- picks a woman named Martha who always looks on the dark side of things, the glass half empty. And he picks a fat little man named Zacchaeus who makes a living receiving kickbacks, And finally, there's that close-minded fellow named Thomas. These are the wayward sheep that are handpicked by Jesus to change the world. And what is it that makes those first disciples acceptable? It's not finally their own qualifications or how they did on the GOEs. They are called by Jesus simply because he loves them. And because he has proven that love by bearing the weight of their brokenness on his own shoulders on the cross. And because he knows what they may become in the power of his love. That's how Jay is called this morning. Because Jay's life has been claimed by the one who died for him on the cross. And because Jay's heart has been captured by the one who's conquered death. And because Jay's spirit has been taken over by the one who moves us from law to grace, from judgment to mercy, from condemnation to forgiveness, because of all that, Jay begins a new adventure of faith this morning. And all of us here have the privilege of traveling with him into this adventure. So I want to close with one last little picture of this love of our shepherd God that's offered to Jay and to all of us this morning. There is a priest named Michael Hines who was a professor of theology at Boston College. My bishop in Western Massachusetts had him as a professor when he was at seminary. Michael is a gifted, popular speaker and preacher and he's invited uh, to speak and give lectures and sermons all over the country. Some years ago, Michael's mother began to descend into Alzheimer's, and several years ago, when his mother went into a nursing facility for people with Alzheimer's, Michael stopped accepting invitations to speak and to preach, and instead, he had dinner and spent the evening with his mother every single night. After dinner, he would turn on the television, they'd watch a game show together, Then he'd kiss his mom goodnight and go home. And through it all, his mother would never say a single word. Michael's mom died three years ago. And when my bishop called up Michael to offer his condolences, Michael told him of something that happened about two years before his mom died, when the Alzheimer's was progressing rapidly. At the end of one of those evening visits, Michael turned to his mother and he said, Do you know who I am? Do you know my name? And his mother sat silently for a long time. Michael could see that she was thinking as hard as she could, trying to remember. And finally she looked up at Michael and she said, I don't know your name. I don't know who you are. But I know that you love me. As Jay begins a new ministry this morning and as you and I are here with them the only thing that we can finally count on and fully count on is that we are loved by our shepherd God and that is enough so may we simply lean back and entrust ourselves to that love that will not let us go may you and I know today how much Jesus the good shepherd knows us by name and is not mad at us. May you and I know today how much the Good Shepherd has laid down his life for us on the cross. And as for you, Jay, James Wynn Gardner III, you are stuck not only with our Shepherd God loving you 100%, but with all of us as well, loving you the best we can. And from this moment on, through thick and thin, may you remember, as C.S. Lewis puts it, that joy is the serious business of heaven. Our shepherd God has brought you thus far. And as St. Paul puts it, we're 100% sure that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. Produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org/giving. Thank you.